morning, Romans chapter 8, in your Bibles please this morning. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. that he, that's his son, might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for, your, for your word. We thank you for your son. We thank you for your spirit. And God, how can it be that you would die for us, that you'd put on flesh, come to this earth and, uh, and die for our sins and rise again. It's an amazing thing. Uh, we worship you. We worship your son as thee. Uh, we worship, Father, thee in spirit and in truth, I pray. Father, we look to you now. I ask for the filling of your spirit to minister uh, your word to the church this morning. Fill my wife with your spirit relaying the message and sign. Fill uh, the girls in, working in the nursery this morning with thy spirit, watching the children. Thank you for the good Sunday school that uh, we've had already with the adults and, and with the children. We thank you for your word that's gone forth, God. And your word is a living word, and we, we are thankful and praise you for that. Therefore, we can trust you and trust your word to, to, to quicken us by your spirit and, uh, and God to make us more like Jesus Christ, those that have been saved and born again. Father, if there'd be one uh, with us online or, or here today that's not saved, not sure uh, whether, they, uh, die, whether they'd go to heaven when they die, uh, dear God, they might even get that settled today. And, uh, Father, please bless, and please help, please direct. And, Father, we pray uh, that, we would, that you would edify your church and that you'd be glorified. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, a very familiar passage this morning. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. Most of us, uh, like the Hebrews 4.12 one this morning, probably have that memorized. And uh, I am thankful God works together uh, uh, for our good as, uh, as believers. In this chapter of Romans, we see much about salvation, you know, about how God planned it from the beginning. Uh, we see that once a person is born again, once they trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, at that point they are predestinated, of course, God knowing beforehand, 
but at that point they are predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. That means, very frankly, you cannot lose your salvation. Uh, Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. What he starts, he finishes. Uh, and uh, we are thankful for that. Uh, one of the things that's often overlooked in this passage here, I think, is there's something here uh, in regards to the church and what we are to be doing. There's much focus on what God's already done for us, but he's left a lot here for us to do, amen? We're not earning our salvation. That's a gift. The Bible is very clear on that. Uh, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, what? But according to his mercy, he saved us, amen? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So we're saved by his, by his mercy. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation's a gift. It doesn't come by works. It comes by faith alone. Once you're saved, that faith will always produce some works. Amen? But you're not saved by them. Okay? P uh, Christians do works do good works because they are saved. And because Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Uh, he kept them all for us perfectly because that is what's required uh, to get to heaven if you want to try to get there by, by your works. It would be perfection. <laughs> Christ did that for us. That's why we trust him and it's faith alone in him. But there are things for us to do. We'll see. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them are the called according to his purpose. I have an outline, but we, don't, we won't need it this morning. Uh, point number one, I want us to notice that all things work together uh, energetically. All things work together energetically. Uh, that term there, 828, uh, in Romans 828, work together is actually one word, one word. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, sunergeo, and it's to work with or to work together, obviously, uh, uh, to help in work, to be partner in labor, uh, to put forth power with and thereby to assist. So uh, it require, this work requires an energy. Things are working together uh, uh, for good. Uh, but there is, a, uh, again, a working together. God, uh, the Bible teaches three aspects of salvation. When you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you turn in your heart from your sin. You hear about the gospel. You hear that you're a sinner worthy of hell. And, and, and the Holy Spirit convicts you. You yield to that conviction. In your heart, you turn from your sin. By faith, you trust Jesus Christ. You learn that He's the perfect Son of God. He died for your sins. He rose again. You trust Him, uh, then you're saved. You are, you, you are saved from the penalty of your sin. That's the moment that you are saved from hell. Uh, uh, John, uh, John 5.24 Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. 
When you trust Christ as your Savior, you are born again, John chapter 3. You have passed from death unto life. You will not come into condemnation. You are saved forever from the penalty of sin. That's part one of your salvation. Part two is God is saving you from the practice of sin. He's doing that today as he changes your life and mine if you're a Christian. And then part three is one day he's going to save you what? From the presence of sin. He's going to come back for us in what we know to be the rapture. And, uh, and we'll be changed. Won't even have a sinful nature then. And thank God uh, for that. But there's a working there. Uh, we're in part two of our salvation. We're working out our salvation. Uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. ever get in an argument with your spouse you have to work it out don't you uh, you don't have to find the argument you already got that right it's already happening you got to work it out uh, we are working out our salvation we're not trying to get it we already have it it's already happened and 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 we're trying we're working it out God comes to live inside you believer and now he wants to change you, and so there's, there's work to be done. Work out your own salvation. I think about, uh, about uh, David. He wanted to build a temple, but uh, Nathan showed him that it was, wasn't God's will for him to build the temple, but he would have his son build the temple. So what did David do? He said, well, I'll prepare for my son, and he collected all that was needed for that temple, all the materials, the plans, all that was needed. He had it all pretty much laid it at the feet of Solomon. And you can add two more if you want. But here's what you need. Here's what you need for the temple. And so when uh, David uh, told Solomon that, he says, you had those workmen here for every manner of work. is all you need. Gold, silver, brass. And he says in 1 Chronicles 22, 16, arise therefore and be doing. Arise and be doing. Uh, all things work energetically. Arise and be doing. David uh, told Solomon, Now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, and build. Get busy, Solomon. I have provided all. You know what God has provided for you in your salvation to become like Jesus Christ? Everything! <laughs> everything. You see, when you got saved, Christ, by the way, Christ laid himself at the cross for us, didn't he? God gave you everything you need in Christ and his word and the Holy Spirit, what? To, to become the mature Christian, growing more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. Uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says that we are the temple of God. You're, we're the temples of God. And uh, once you say, God lives in you. Uh, and uh, and, uh, and uh, Jude, in, in, in verse 20, says that we are to build up ourselves on our most holy faith. You see, 
So, in other words, arise and be doing. Uh, God's given us all uh, that we need. The Word, uh, uh, the Spirit, the Son, the, this gathering of believers. Now, be immersed in that Word, as Brother Chris was saying this morning. Be learning it. Be growing. Be yielding. But there's work to do, isn't it? Isn't there? Nobody came and dragged me out of bed this morning. I have a certain uh, time that I get up on Sunday mornings. It's not doesn't vary too much from every other morning of the week, but it's a certain time that I get up. And nobody got me out of bed. I had to get out of the bed when, you know, when I planned on getting out of bed, okay? I had to turn that thing on, on, you know, that we like to slap sometimes if we ever do get a chance to sleep in you, that, that, that alarm, that snooze thing, you know? And uh, it takes work. Uh, nobody read my Bible for me. I read my Bible uh, this morning. And, uh, and it, it takes, it takes it, it, nobody dragged me to church this morning, and I pray that's the case for you too. And, uh, and we come at what? Of our own accord, don't we? But there's work that God has for us to do. Uh, and uh, God is a working God. And by the way, He's working with us. See, all these things, uh, th or this part of our salvation we're living out now, uh, doesn't happen without us. God's working with us uh, th in this part of the working together thing uh, uh, he's, he, of our salvation. He's working with us. Uh, Psalm 121.3 He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. God works tirelessly, doesn't he? Uh, he's always working. He's always there for us. And we are to be busy having been saved, and to be working for God. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we are to be doing the good works. Uh, Ephesians 2, 10. Bible says, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We as believers should read this Bible and learn it and do what it tells us to do. Amen. And by the way, we should not do what it tells us not to do. Amen. We need to be working in that, working in that. Energetically. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, Acts 1.8, Jesus said. Are we working at that? It takes work to be a witness, doesn't it? Can you tell people what happened to you when you got saved? Can you tell people how you got saved? What uh, biblical truths did you learn and trust in order to become born again? Can we share that with another? It doesn't come by putting your Bible under your pillow at night, laying your head there, and hoping some, you know, somehow it'll, you know, it, it'll, it'll sink in. You know, uh, doesn't come that way. We have to what work, don't we? We have to work at it, and it's going to require that uh, scripture knowledge, uh, learning spiritual wisdom, studying the Bible. Are we working on our attitudes? Are we thankful? You know, that's a rare thing to find these days. Thankfulness. And uh, 
and the testifying of God as he gives opportunities. Uh, let your speech always be grace. Always let your speech be always with grace. Season with salt that ye may know how you ought to answer every man. Does the way we talk show that we're thankful? Does the way we talk uh, hopefully point people to God? I hope so. Do the conversations we refuse to have a part of uh, point, point, point people to God? I hope so. And we need to be uh, working at that. I appreciate Brother Travis. He's not here this morning. We're, we're, we're praying for him. But, but uh, a lot of times you ask Brother Travis, you know, how, how are you doing today? You know what he'll say? I'm blessed. I like that. I'm blessed. There's only one person who can truly bless you, folks, and that's God, amen? And, uh, and thank God for that, uh, that he blesses us. <clears throat> Are we looking for opportunities to give God glory, opportunities to exalt the name of Jesus, deferring the glory to God, uh, and uh, working, working. When Moses led Israel out of Egypt, uh, and uh, and uh, Jethro came along. I think it was was teaching him some things. And his father-in-law, he said, "Thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work they must do. The work they must do." And we're going to see that work more clearly as we go along in the passage here. At least how it's presented in Romans uh, uh, in Romans eight twenty-eight. Uh, Romans 12, 2. We are to what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed to this world, it starts out. How are we doing? Do we have more of what the world's saying coming into our mind than what this says? Which one's winning out? Is the word of Christ dwelling in us richly, as the scripture says? Is it having first place where, where we're following it? We're going to have to resolve to want to be a learner. You know, a disciple is a lifelong task, doesn't it? A disciple is always going, yet never attaining there, never attaining that perfection. We're growing more and more like Christ. There should be all the time. The Apostle John, in 3 John chapter 1 and verse 2, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. A lot of the prosperity preachers would stop right there. <laughs> it's all about God wants to prosper you and be in health. No, that wasn't even the most important thing. You didn't let him finish. <laughs> let me finish that. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Even as thy soul prospereth. Did you get that? John didn't know what God's plans were for those people's health and material blessings. But he hoped that they would be as strong in that as they were in their walk with God. See, he said their, their soul's condition was what was most important first. I hope you're blessed as your soul blessed. Let's ask ourselves, how blessed would I be in other things of life 
if I was as blessed as my soul is blessed. As I, if I was as blessed as my walk with Christ is blessed. That's, that's a challenging thought, isn't it? And uh, it takes work. Even the ungodly believe it takes work to get things done. Aston Kutcher is a, an actor. I don't watch any, anything that he's on. But uh, even those who don't believe realize you have to work. He said this, I believe that opportunity looks a lot like hard work. When I was 13, I had my first job with my dad, carrying shingles up to the roof. And then I got a job washing dishes at a restaurant. And then I got a job in a grocery store deli. And then I got a job in a factory sweeping Cheerio dust off the ground. And I've never had a job in my life that I was better than. I was always just lucky to have a job. And every job I had was a stepping stone to my next job. And I never quit my job until I had my next job. And so opportunities look a lot like work. And that's from someone who's as far as, far as I know about him isn't even saved, okay? And uh, God calls us uh, to be energetically uh, seeking him, growing in our own spirituality. Secondly, all things work together harmoniously. Not just that work energetically, it's what working with God, with one another, with that yielded spirit. Wanting that desire to do right. Recognizing when our attitudes and things aren't right. Those things within that God can see and that we know about, but maybe the others can't see. Or maybe they can. <laughs> uh, all things work together. It's, again, it's one word in the Greek, work together. But it has the idea of, of, of both the working energetically and, and together with uh, by the way, when Paul wrote that, this verse, this, this book here, this letter, he is in Corinth uh, ministering. He is finishing up his third missionary journey when he writes this letter to the Romans. By this time, he had already been stoned at Lystra and beaten and imprisoned at Philippi. And then he writes, all things work together for good. Them that love God. Remember the call according to his purpose. Uh, that's a challenging thought. Paul writes, all things work together. See, God takes sickness and hell, richer for poorer, joy and sorrow, mixes them together what? To make something good. Oftentimes, as an unbeliever, you are at the mercies of the devil, who, ha who has no mercies, really. <laughs> You're not God's child yet. Once you become God's child through faith in Jesus Christ, God watches over you. Uh, the devil receives a notice. Uh, you got to come by my desk. Anything that happens to this person, you, you see me first. And by the way, he only goes as far as God allows him. 
ever. Everything in your life as a believer is regulated by God and used for a purpose that we might be conformed to the image of Christ, as we said here. He's predestined us for that. But folks, he started it now. He's going to finish that when Jesus Christ comes. Whatever sin's left in me, whatever sin's left in you, when Christ comes, it's going to be gone. God's going to change us. We'll be made it. We'll even have the old nature. But he's begun the transforming, uh, the, the conforming work now. And he wants us to be becoming more and more like Jesus Christ uh, all the time. And our attitudes ought to be yielding, an attitude of submission, we ought to be yielding to that. Recognizing God is in control. James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. You can't do that unless you know God. You can't do that unless you trust God's promises in His Word. Every problem that comes, you mean I can re I, I realize that God can make something good out of that? Every single one of them. And uh, knowing this, the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That means, that means full, entire, mature. That's what God's trying to do with every Christian, isn't it? to make us mature, obviously he's going to use trials because uh, patience uh, uh, develops maturity. We learn to trust God through our trials. How do we respond when things don't go our way? I have to tell you, I don't do very good at this a lot of times. I mean, I have a plan. I want to go somewhere, and the car breaks down. Can I confess to you, I don't handle that too well sometimes. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm, I, I'm frankly embarrassed at the way I handle that sometimes. Now, thankfully, uh, I haven't done that ar around others, okay? And, uh, but I know that my attitude when, when at, at the point of thing when it had, wasn't, wasn't, oh, God, good God, what are you going to do through this now? What, what blessing do you have for me here? You know, I, I got to confess to you that wasn't my case, all right? But I'm getting better at it, and I hope we all are, amen? Because all things, he, he's going to use it some way. What's that song we sing? Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting. Heir to take as from a father's hand. One by one, the days, the moments fleeting till we reach the promised land. God, help me here. When toil and trouble meeting. Work, working. We're supposed to be, that's point number one. We're, we're, trying, we're working out our salvation. We're trying to be busy for God. We're trying to learn and grow. We're, and then trouble comes, toil and trouble comes. Help me to receive it, what? As from a father's hand. Because my father in his wisdom brought this in my life. I must need it for something for his glory. All things work harmoniously. Will I yield my heart to that and let God take over? Uh, Hebrews 13, 15. By him, Jesus Christ, therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Did you get that? That means even during trials and troubles. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. We can be thankful in everything. In everything. 
We come to God what? With thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. Right? Always thanksgiving first. You say, well, why is that? It, it can be pretty rough. Yeah, but if you're born again, you're not going to hell. And that's because Jesus Christ was hung on a cross for you to save you from that. If you can't think of anything, we can start there, amen. Uh, by the way, that song, How Can It Be? That God should love a soul like me. Don't ever get over that. Don't ever get over that. Hit the love of Christ. Uh, so God brings things in, sometimes problems, to help us in this growing thing. And we're, all things work together. He wants us to work together with Him to yield ourselves to that. Yes, it can be scary. It can be sad, whatever the situation might be. But we just gotta we, we gotta risk, we gotta lean back in his arms, amen. Trust him. One commentator wrote this our human nature is in itself unholy. Easily absorbed by the influence of this present world, and easily led by away by temptation and sin. What religious truths are more universally believed than the existence and moral government of God? Also the certainty of death and of a future state of rewards and punishments. Yet, how many people who profess to hold these truths live with little or no evidence that they actually believe them at all? This is a further testimony to the sinfulness of men. <laughs> Indeed it is. How are they to be led to think seriously of their own souls and the eternity that awaits them? Some might suppose the many blessings of God which we enjoy in our daily lives would lead us to consider our eternity. You know, food, health, strength, comforts, we find what? We find that not to be the case. However, the abundance of these things seems to cause us to be more absorbed in the things of this world than the things of eternity. Rather than soften our hearts, they seem to harden our heart <laughs> towards God in eternity. Well, I've got the job that I want. I got, you know, the wife that I want. I got the house that I want. Living in the place that I want, you know. Got the family that I want. Got that I want. 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 Wow, God's been good to you. How's your relationship with Him? Who's God? <laughs> and our hearts seem to get hardened, become absorbed in the in, in in the blessings rather than the blesser. Amen. I can have, it happens even to Christians where many warnings about not being covetous, which is, which is idolatry. He goes on to say, the discipline and awakening of suffering and trial are needed in our lives, aren't they? These trials, breaking in upon the routine of our daily business and enjoyments, Help to withdraw our desires from the things of this perishing world. 
and to fix them upon a more enduring substance. Amen. They remind us that this is not our rest, that we are entirely dependent upon a power that is above us all for our happiness and comforts, and there is indeed a God that judgeth in the earth, and we know God, amen, we know His Son, Jesus Christ, as one. There's nothing more calculated to show a man his own weakness and his dependence upon a higher power and to lead him to reflect seriously upon his future prospects than to find himself in the midst of important and perhaps pressing duties suddenly laid aside, stretched out upon a, a bed of sickness, racked it may be with pain and unable to do anything for himself. In such circumstances, we must realize it is not in man that walketh the directest steps. Sometimes it takes us being what? Laid flat out with, on some kind of bed of sickness before we recognize and realize that we're caring more about our substance than our souls. Sometimes Christians are mature and God puts upon them heavy sufferings like Job. Why is that? So God can shine through them. So God can shine through them. Uh, our will, our, wanting to do our own will, get, gets in the way. We're supposed to yield to God's will as believers and uh, be yielding to Him. God is right through all the storms of life. Uh, years ago, a man who lived on Long Island was able one day to satisfy a long-time desire by perching for himself a very fine barometer. When the instrument arrived at his home, he was extremely disappointed to find that the indicating needle uh, seemed, appeared to be stuck, pointing to the sector marked hurricane. After shaking the barometer very vigorously several times, its new owner sat down and wrote a scorching letter to the store from which he had purchased the instrument. The following morning, on the way to his office in New York, he mailed the letter. That evening, he returned to Long Island to find not only the barometer missing, but his house also. The barometer's needle had been right. There was a hurricane. Folks, this needle's always right. Amen. And when that thing comes into my life and your life, God's always right. God's always right. I always get what I need from God. And by the way, you always get what you need from God. He's in control. He's in control. <laughs> when Job's trials came, his wife eventually told him to curse God and die. Job 2.10, he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? How could God 
do this to you, Job. Curse God and die. What's Job saying? Look at all the blessings we've had. Look at all the children we had. Look at all the wealth we had. Look at, most of all, the relationship with God that we have. And you're telling, telling me God is not allowed to bring something difficult into my life? Something that may appear bad to me, but he's God, amen? He has the barometer that's always accurate, right? He knows what's best. Are we receiving that? All things work together harmoniously because of, the, of, of our great God and who he is. <clears throat> Thirdly, all things work together beneficially. Beneficially. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Uh, all things work together for good. Point number three. Uh, all things work beneficially. Uh, good, what's good? Good, excellent, benevolent, upright, virtuous. All things work together for the good that God is working to accomplish in your life and mine. See, we got to remember, God has a better perspective of good than we do. <laughs> Matter of fact, we sometimes think bad is good and good is bad. You know what they call abortion? Women's reproductive health care. That's what they call it today. If that didn't call an evil good and good evil, I don't know what is. This is the barometer here. This is what's right. Uh, virtuous, excellent. Philippians 1 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. You're a believer, God is doing something good in your life. It's a good work. He's not going to quit till the Lord returns, until you die, die and, go, and, and go see him. He's not going to quit. <clears throat> he is a good God. And a doer of God, and a doer of good. We think about this good, uh, and to them that love God, they could be relative terms, you know, apart from the context. But we realize it's good as God uh, as God has designed for us. What is it, what's it talking about when it says to them that to them that love God? Well, frankly, it's uh, you could uh, uh, may think of different meanings you could get from that. But frankly, uh, we are told right here in the verse, the ones that he's talking about is the last part of the verse, uh, all, things, all things work together for good to them that love God. Here it is. To them who are the called according to his purpose. He's talking about all Christians there. Uh, there's not a single Christian ever born again that doesn't have the, the, the love of God put in their heart. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit's given unto us. There is a measure of the love of God in your heart the moment you're born again. That can be cultivated or quenched. But nonetheless, because you're born again, you have a love for God you didn't have before you got born again. And, the, and this verse here defines who it's talking about. He's, talk, he's using that to define the saved. Because I may receive a trial in my life and not yield to it. That doesn't mean that God intended me to disobey. He still meant it for good. 
you see. All things work together good for Christians, is what he's saying. So it comes, if it comes in your life in a trial, receive that trial and be exercised thereby, according to Hebrews. Be exercised by it. Receive it. Receive God's strength to go through it. Now, he's going to finish the job. He has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. We just read that. I may not do a very good job becoming Christ-like while I'm here. Maybe I, I'm not working as I should. Maybe I'm not harmonious in my spirit with God as I should and the word of God. And I might have some failures. But you know what? When Jesus Christ comes, he's going to finish the job. Amen. I'm going to be as much like Christ as I ever be at that point. And by the way, so will you. So will you. Uh, we can't corrupt the end. I believe the lives that we live here will affect uh, uh, some of what we're doing in heaven or doing with the Lord in eternity. That's another message. There are rewards and there are there's capability of losing rewards, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. But that's another message. You're still going to be conformed to the image of Christ. Uh, we want to be yielding to him. <clears throat> You've already heard you know, people have said many roads lead to heaven. Well, there's only one road to, road to heaven. It's Jesus Christ. But in a physical place, you can go here on earth. You can, go, you can find many roads that go to one place. I remember my wife and I visiting Philadelphia. Uh, we had visited my mom and we were headed back to the rooms that we had rented and, uh, and we took, used the GPS and it took us through a tour of, uh, of uh, Philadelphia's struggling neighborhoods <laughs> uh, to go back to our, to our room and, uh, and it, it got us there but it wasn't a very pleasant ride, okay? <laughs> Yes, believer, if you're born again, you'll get to heaven. But if we don't yield to the will of God, we'll still get to heaven. But guess what, folks? It won't be a very pleasant ride for us, okay? Because God loves us enough that he, that he doesn't just let us wander off and not work in our hearts to bring whatever it takes to bring us back. Amen? And we need to remember that and realize that. All things work beneficially. Uh, he's, he's working for our, for our good to accomplish his will. And here's something I want I wanted to point out here, uh, and uh, just to apply as as um, our work as as believers and our and our calling. Uh, and he says, uh, in Romans chapter eight here, he says, uh, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, to them who are the called according to His purpose. That word purpose in the Greek is prophesis. And it has the idea of a setting forth of a thing. Placing of it in view. A purpose. Uh, interesting, I, uh, as, as I was studying this, uh, that it is, uh, it is uh, used uh, also four times in the New Testament to be combined with another word. And... Uh, and the other, the other word that it's combined with is, uh, is, is artos, which means bread. Four times 
in the New Testament, this prothesis and artos are combined to make a word showbread. The showbread. Remember what that was? That was the unleavened bread that they made, uh, the Jews, uh, in the temple and in the tabernacle. And every Sabbath day, they would change it and put fresh bread there. It was the showbread. It was a picture of Christ. It was showing forth that Christ is the bread of life. And showing forth uh, according to his purpose, according to his showing forth, according to what God has manifested. We think about that. What is God showing forth today that was hidden in the Old Testament? The church. The church. And he's talking about the church here in Romans chapter 8. According to his purpose, according to his, uh, that, that word here. Now, the, when, when they're combined to show bread, artos just means bread or food. And it can mean, and it can mean different kinds of food. But when you put, when you put the prophecies with it, it means the show bread. Because the prophecies makes it the showing forth. So God's purpose is, is what he has shown forth for us, what he's showing forth through the world, and what he's showing forth right now is the church. Is the church. And we see that. Why did he do this? Uh, it's not absent here in Romans 8 28. Uh, he says uh, in Romans 8 28, uh, <clears throat> and it goes on, goes on 20, and, and in verse 29, same context, for we did for no. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Here it is. That he might be the firstborn, what? Among many brethren. It's not just that Christ would be exalted. Yes, it is. He, he will be exalted. And, it was for, and, and that was for his purpose. But it didn't stop there. It was that he might be the firstborn, what? Among many brethren. Amen. What's our job? Our job is to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Our job is to grow spiritually ourselves and reach those that we can so that God's kingdom also grows numerically. We don't labor for numbers. We, we want to reach people, uh, uh, but, but, but we, we labor for God. But we what? We hope more people to get saved, don't we? And God wants his family to grow like that. He wants Jesus Christ to be the firstborn among many brethren. That's showing forth. You see... He's not conforming me to the image of Christ in a closet. Neither is he you. He's doing it in the world. This is the goodness of God. The goodness of God to me, uh, in, in this sense, is he's going to conform me to the image of Christ. The goodness of God to the world is he's going to start it while I'm right here. And while you're right here. He's not going to wait. You know what happened to that Bob Crawford? He was a no good. You ever meet that guy? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That, uh, that's for sure. Well, he just disappeared one day. God must have took him home. Doesn't happen that way. See, God's changing me here. And you hear. Why? Because he cares about the gospel. The showing forth. He wants to try, he wants to use you to reach some along the way. You may be step one or step two or step three in their salvation, but they all count together, don't they? 
those that plant, those that water, those that sow. It's all one reward. They receive their reward. And God wants to use us, what, for a witness. That's showing forth. That's showing forth. Consider that thought in these passages regarding the purpose of God and our showing forth as believers, working together in this church for that thing right there. The Great Commission. Becoming what God wants us to be. Sharing the message. By the way, Jesus said, Let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We read that already. Let me ask you this. How do they know to glorify God for what your good works are? How do they know it's not you? Why don't they just say, Have you ever met so-and-so? Well, they're just such a wonderful person. Hi, there ever met anyone? What is wonderful as them? You just got all the glory. You know how they know to glorify God? Because you told them. You told them that was God changing you. You not only witnessed in the way that you live, your mouth spoke why you live that way. And, what, and by what power you live that way, and therefore they, they, they glorify God. You see. But think about this. In this idea, the shining forth, uh, this purpose, uh, that, that which is manifested as the showbread was put out on the table where, all, where, where those, the priests that came in could see it, it pictured Christ. Uh, Paul, uh, this, is, this idea with purpose, 2 Timothy 1.8. He has saved us, in verse 9, he, he has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, uh, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ before the world began. But is now made manifest, there's that showing forth, by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light, what? Through the gospel. There's the gospel in Romans 8, 29. Right there. First born among many brethren, according to his purpose, Romans, Romans 8, 28. Among, among many brethren. Uh, look, listen to uh, 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 Acts 26, 18. Jesus Christ speaking to Paul. Uh, Rise and stand on thy feet. He has just appeared to Paul on his way to Damascus. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. There's, that, there, there's purpose again. To make thee a minister and a witness. We can, let's hit the pause right there. That applies to all of us. You know why God saved you? To make you a minister and a witness. You're going to serve in some way. God's given you gifts, and you are to be a witness of Jesus Christ, how you got saved, who you know. That applies to all of us. But then Paul went on, or Christ went on speaking to Paul. You'll be a witness of those things without seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Uh, and so uh, we have been given, in 2 Corinthians 5.18, this ministry of reconciliation. We have been given the word of reconciliation. <clears throat> Thank God for that. Now, 1 John 3, 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, shown forth, that he might destroy the works of the devil. What happened when you got saved? Sin hath no more dominion over you. The old nature is destroyed in the sense that it's made inoperable. You do not have to obey it anymore. 
before you did. That's part of our purpose. Romans Romans 8, as believers, this working together with God, you see. One more and I'm done. Uh, So he talks about this manifest showing forth. He says uh, 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 this purpose being shown shown forth. In in 2 Timothy 3.10, Paul uh, is testifying uh, uh, to to Timothy uh, about his testimony manifested to Timothy. Thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life. What's the next word? Purpose. It's been manifested to you, Timothy. You've fully known these things. Now listen to him as he continues in the letter in 2 Timothy 4.17. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known. Did you get that? My purpose has been made fully known. My doctrine has been made fully known. God strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known. See, God wants his preaching to be fully known from every believer to our neighbors, to our family, to our friends, to the world, to missionaries. It's part of his purpose. That's how he shines through us. That's how he shines to to the world. So my getting right with God is just not about me sinning less. It's about me sinning less so I can be a witness of good character and so that I can then further do what a witness does and tell the gospel to others. Minister the gospel to others. You see, a witness has to be two things. They have to have, first of all, have seen something or know something. If you're born again, you know how every person uh, gets saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ and you're saved, you know how every person has to get saved. And then a witness has to be credible. Has to be credible. Uh, most of us don't believe someone who's drunk and uh, and on drugs, and they and they, they can't they, they can't say we're without without slurring. Uh, uh, and they tell that we've seen it. We don't believe they've seen this or that, or or, or or we ought to believe this or that. We don't believe them why? Because they're not a credible witness. A witness is two th- is two of those things. God has wrapped that up in, in His purpose of the gospel, exalting His Son. He's it's the gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans 1.16. But yet what? We are now here. We are now lights because he's, in, he's at the right hand of the Father. And that our purpose now is to carry that on. As my Father has sent me, what? So send I you. And it's right there in, Roman, in Romans 3.28 in the purpose. Uh, and in Romans 3.29, uh, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So that helps us get our focus right back to being the witnesses God wants us to be and, uh, and, uh, and be faithful in that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. And, and I do pray that you'd help us to be uh, the witnesses that you called us to be. And I am thankful that I hear stories of witnessing to neighbors and co-workers and family and friends and father i pray that that would continue and increase god and, and father help us and give us wisdom i know there are times when we witnessed in other ways maybe we can get back to that um, lord you know my heart and i'm, I'm trying to uh, uh, discern wisdom and grace the wisest serpent harmless as doves type thing and, and just trying to l- listen and, and, and
and see what you'd have for us there. Uh, we know uh, the place where we live. And, Father, uh, we're not uh, unwise concerning these things. And so, Father, give us that wisdom. In the meantime, uh, uh, we've been passing out some tracts, and, and uh, we've been witnessing to neighbors and family and friends and those that we can along the way. And there may be yet more ways that we can, uh, Father. But help us to remember uh, that uh, you are going to make us like your son. You're going to finish that job. You're, you're doing it now. And you will do much of it now if we will yield to you in that harmonious part of working together. And yet, God, uh, we can also be used, in, whether it's, whether it's uh, planting and sowing, reaping, watering, uh, in, among those who, uh, who are used in seeing also that Christ would be the firstborn. He is the exalted one. He is the preeminent one.